Hey, good girls, Becca here. Just wanted to give you a heads up that there's some background noise throughout the episode. You may hear some sirens and things like that. We were recording in my apartment and I live on a very noisy street. So we hope it's not too distracting, but just wanted to warn you of that ahead of time. We have a great episode for you today, so please enjoy. Are you there, God? It's us, Sid King and Becca Stevenson. Welcome to the Good Girls Gone Sad podcast, where we unpack our childhood drama and try to figure out why we are the way we are. We're here to answer the questions, what made you good and what makes you sad? Today we have a very special guest, our good friend, comedian Sam Prosser. She's the host of the Tony Awards and a writer for the Broadway Beat, and she is a hysterical person, and we're really, really excited to talk to her. We've been planning this for a long time. For a long time. And to be clear, it's Tony with an I because it's a podcast about Tony Collette. Yes. Um, she's not hosting the Tony Awards this year, although not out of the question. I just think with the Broadway Beat as also your credit, it could be confusing. That's true. I definitely should have said the Tony Awards podcast, but I actually love the idea of just being like, yeah, she's the host of the Tony Awards. Moving on. And she's here as our guest. I and the Tony Awards would have a Rachel Bloom-like presence, I think, where mm-hmm. I'm just asking people questions backstage before the commercial breaks. In and the then, tiniest hat. Yes, and then Neil Patrick Harris <laughs> tweets that he thinks I'm annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're actually really good friends with my husband. <laughs> yeah, my husband actually wrote for your TV show, and he wrote the episode where your character meets his father. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if you were backstage at the Tony Awards. I, I would definitely that, watch that. I yes. know that drama like the back of my hand. Be like, hey, Christian Bora, what's it like cheating on your wife? Yes. <laughs> hey, Laura Osnes, what's it like being a Republican? Oh, she won't be there. Will um, she be there? I don't know if she's allowed. I don't think when so. When are the Tonys? Are they like, soon? In the summer. Early June. They're oh, like okay. the last of the award season. Yeah. And it's always around the time of my uh, mom's birthday. Okay. <laughs> yes. So but they're before the Jimmys. Because <laughs> the Jimmys are in the fall. The Jimmys are in June, I think. Oh. oh I don't it's know. It's been like... Almost a year since the Jimmys, which is wild. <laughs> That's how I actually count time. It's like when the Jimmys start, my year starts. Yes. <laughs> the Jimmys are the high school musical theater awards, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. I remember finding out about those in high school and being shocked that my high school wasn't included. And yes. then like being like, oh, I actually know why they're not included. It's because our shows aren't that good. Yeah. Well, it's, it's individuals. It's not your high school. Oh. So, like, if you were really, really serious about it, you would find a way to, oh like, audition. God. But you, like, have to audition, I think, with the part that you have in high school. And I'm like, okay, so I would have been Max the Dog and Susical the Musical and gone all the way to the top. Well, uh-huh. my question is always, like, do you have to audition with that? Or is it just that you've worked on that and, like, perfected it? And so you do audition with your high school part. I feel uh, like if anybody it... who's in the gymies, can you please... Yeah, if anybody's in the Jimmys separately, just say hello. I'm I'm a Jimmy stan. Also, the best part of me loving the Jimmys is that I'm the only one here who did not do high school musical theater. (laughs) But I'm like, oh, let me tell you about the awards. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be the part that you played in high school, because otherwise it would just be 30 kids singing Breathe from In the Heights. Yeah. Yeah, well, you do get to audition with your own song. Yeah. Because, like, your fin- your final song, if you make it to the final five, you get to sing in a black dress and your Leduca shoes if you're from a rich county. Yeah. Um, did I tell you that the other day I saw a girl in black tights and tan character shoes walking down the street? in Out in public, black oh tights, tan character shoes. Could have wow. been me. <laughs> Could have been me if my life went a different way. You know what? I I think I envy her. I was like... She's doing it. She's doing it. She's living out loud. I mean, she really seemed like she was coming from being a librarian no once before, but maybe she was auditioning uh, for part of librarian. Well, Marion in... Um, <laughs> she's replacing Sutton Foster. The music man. The music yes. man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I was going to say Marion in The Librarian, but <laughs> I feel bad for making fun of her. I don't it's know. Okay. I don't know that she's going to hear this. Although she <laughs> might be in our target audience. She's so. 100% our target audience. I oh do feel like when I was living like semi near the Joffrey Ballet, I would see people and I would just be like, Ballerina. Like, just based on, or I, or you know if they're, like, contemporary. Like, there's oh, no yes, vibe yes. based on what you're wearing, and of it's always, course. like... Because they're pant leg, there's one pant leg up, one pant leg down. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> like, are you wearing sweatpants or trash bag pants? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. a huge difference. Well, I lived really close to Steps, and I would always get on the train with them, and I would leave Steps with the most performative gait you've ever seen. Like, even though I, even though <laughs> I turned out, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> even though it was advanced beginner tap, these girls are going to know. And it's like, what, 30 degree weather? And I'm like, leotard out. I don't care if my... Oh, my God. <laughs> leotard out, sweatpants on. Everyone's going to know I just came from Steps on Broadway. Yeah. The one time I went to Broadway Dance Center, I was like, okay, so I have to look like I'm going to be in center stage at any mm-hmm. moment. Like, mm-hmm. layers on layers on layers. And then the whole class was like 13-year-olds, and they were so much better than me. Yeah. And I was like, just so you guys know, this was actually beginner jazz, so I don't know why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you ever take the absolute beginner classes at Broadway Dance Center? No. Because I, I was... them at Steps, yeah. I was pressured into doing that when I was put on probation for my BFA acting program in college Mm -hmm. Uh, they said you move awkwardly you should take an absolute (laughs) beginner ballet class honestly I think that's an asset to you people wish they could move as awkwardly as you and I I mean that (laughs) so sincerely like having like a unique presence is did I tell you about what a comedian said to me at an open mic a few weeks ago I would love to hear it it was my first time meeting this man Mm -hmm. and I introduced myself to him and he said I know who you are and I said yeah but we've never met um comedians love to do that also exactly they're like i follow you on twitter and i'm like and how would that mean i know what your face looks like yes like how would that relate okay but are you not guilty of going she didn't even say hi to me and it's like you're mutuals and you've been mutuals for a week Uh uh-huh yeah yeah if you follow me on instagram you should know what i look like that's you follow me on twitter all bets are off that's true i see i don't engage in the twitter game so i don't i i just get I'm too on Twitter. I'm too on Twitter. But then he he says to me, okay, so I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I guess I'm just awkward. You know, apologizing, Mm -hmm. even though I didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) Um, And he goes, yeah, you know, you kind of have that chunky, awkward thing going on, but you make it work. Chunky. 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 And I was like, sir, we are in Bushwick. (laughs) We are not calling women chunky. Also, like... Also, an objectively... (laughs) Empirically uh, incorrect. An empirically skinny woman, a woman who, after being put on probation from the BFA acting program, was asked by her acting teacher if she was anorexic, said the rest of the acting faculty told me to ask you if you're anorexic. (gasps) Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I just got... I I, I just made an excuse to go sit down. Was it supposed to be, like, clunky? That's what I was thinking. In my mind, I, like, digitally edit it to be Uh clunky. Because I do... I I can have a a clunky delivery at an Mm. open mic when I don't know my jokes. Absolutely. And then I sat down, and I was like, he said chunky. And then I was like, I have been wearing a lot of sweaters recently. (laughs) But it's also... wearing a chunky knit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he met met your knits. Of course, he met met your knits in your loafers. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. My jeans that are too big for me. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. We should move on to the questions. Let's do it. Okay, so Sam, we would like to know what is your good girl origin story, aka what makes you a good girl? Amazing. Uh, Well, I was born to two parents, one Irish Catholic man and one Puerto Rican Catholic woman. Um, They both were like in like Catholic private schools as kids. And then I didn't go to a Catholic private school, but we went to like CCD, me Mm -hmm. and my siblings, Mm -hmm. um, which... I don't know if your listeners are familiar. It's like Sunday school, but it's at like Wednesdays at seven. And you 
get like homework and did you get homework in CCD? So I didn't have to go to CCD because oh, I had real actual yeah. homework. But um, when I had to go to CCD for confirmation, we had homework. Okay. And tests. Good okay. tests. Yeah, you had to pass a test to be able to get confirmed because yeah. the Holy Spirit was like, dummies can't go to heaven. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was the occasional, maybe a quiz mm-hmm. in CCD. But uh, yeah, we had it from like, I think like kindergarten through like eighth grade. Um, and every year it was just like somebody's parent teaching it. Um, and I remember being a kid and isn't it so interesting to like conceptualize God and Jesus as a child? Because if you learn about it as an adult, it's like, what? But when you're five, like, everything's new. So Mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember imagining God as, like, this very, like, vengeful, like, bitter man. Catholic God is, he's he's a mean guy. He's mean. He's mean. Yeah. Oh, my God God was, like, nice grandpa vibes. Oh, no, my God was mean. And then Jesus was, like, the hippie son who convinced (laughs) him to forgive us by dying. Yes. They really do make it seem like, like, it was actually the forgiveness thing was Jesus's idea, and then you watch yeah. Jesus Christ Superstar, and you're like, he didn't want to do it? <laughs> oh, I never, I never watched Jesus Christ Superstar, so I never knew that he didn't want to do oh, it. Oh, he's, but, mm, okay, well, Easter is coming, and we should do a, a good viewing? girl watch, oh, a good girl charity. viewing of the 70s version, because there's amazing costumes and even better vocals. Well, I tried to watch it when it was, like, whatever live musical thing. Mm. Oh, John Legend. Like John Legend. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, was not into it. It's, it's not Andrew my favorite Lloyd version. Weber. Yeah, it's, it made me sad that I wasn't into it. I was like, yeah. I feel like I'm supposed to like this. No, Andrew Lloyd, Andrew Lloyd Webber's a flop. His only good musical is Evita. I like okay. cats, we're, cat, we're cats. We're cats <laughs> girls. I don't know how to tell you we're cats girls. We're seeing oh, by Cinderella no. next week. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was their wedding gift I bought. <laughs> tickets and I've taken myself too that's so funny we have this like Broadway slack channel at work and I told the channel I was like our um I was like my friend's wedding present to me is we're going to see bad Cinderella and one of the guys goes let us know how it is I've seen a lot of TikToks about it and that's all I will say and I was like oh (laughs) no no, we're in on it yeah that's why we're going (laughs) so circling back on God being mean yeah okay so God was mean I remember I was very aware of like sinning from a young age Mm. like I remember somehow finding out that divorce was a sin and my grandparents had gotten divorced before I was born so I have the most vivid memory of being in my grandma's apartment being like are my grandparents going to hell and then immediately being like I'm just going to enjoy the time that I have with them and just decided not to think about it I remember there being times in middle school where like I had like really really bad stomach aches very often and I would always try to attribute them to like a sin that I had had earlier that day and I would just be like apologizing to God in my mind for like literally for saying frick Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and then I mean, I know that you guys are kind of pivoting away from Oh, you're welcome religion. to talk about religion. Your origin can be whatever. Yeah, whatever yeah your origin is, is your origin. Um, well, I feel like I was also a very good girl uh, besides religion because I didn't take religion super seriously as a kid. Just the punishment part. Just the punishment parts. Only is, the bad parts. Yep, yep, it's yep, like, yep, isn't, yep. Isn't that on Seinfeld? He says, I only believe in God for the bad things. Um, Not that I'm aware of, but I believe you. I think that's a Jason Alexander line. <laughs> I was the opposite. Like, hands on my ears. Like, no, 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 no. I just want to get the good stuff. Oh, He's, no. He I loves us. <laughs> I was very, I was just very scared. And I remember at one point being like, if the only reason I believe in God is because I'm scared not to, does 
wouldn't that send me to hell anyway? And I was just like, eh. Yes. But I also grew up in a town that was like half Catholic, half Jewish. And I would reconcile that in my mind by being like, well, Jewish people live in a parallel universe where everything is the same except that Jesus was not the son of God. Yes. And I got into like, I, I, I got into a, a scuffle in second grade because we were writing holiday cards for our families. And I drew a picture of Jesus on the cross on mine. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And I wrote like, Merry Christmas, Jesus died for our sins. <laughs> and, and this Jewish kid next to me uh, looked at me and was like, you have to erase that. Jesus isn't real. And I, and I was like, well, he's real for me. And I believe that Jesus is real. And then this bitch, Reyna, who was not involved in the conversation prior to this point, looked at me and she said, Sam, you can't just tell him that his faith is wrong. And I was like, he's telling me that my faith is wrong. And, I, and we got into like an argument. And then I was feeling very bitter the next day. So the next day when we had to write acrostic poems, I wrote one about Christmas. Mm-hmm. And for H, I wrote Hanukkah is not better. <laughs> And then my and then my Jewish teacher saw and held it up and read it out loud to the class and said, "This is called anti-Semitism." You're in second grade. Yeah, I'm in second grade, and I'm being heralded. No, this guy's just being mean to me. I'm being called an anti-Semite by a by a forty-year-old, and and I was like, no, and and I remember specifying being like being like, I'm not going to write the Hanukkah is worse. I'm going to write that it's not better because they're the same and then my teacher had a bad faith reading of it and I got in trouble and I remember seeing the the Jewish kid like laughing at me out of the corner of my eye and I was like oh my god but generally speaking in elementary school I was also um I mean Ralph never bullied me this was like we were cool aside from this one thing (laughs) and we ended up becoming Facebook friends later on and like he just has a kid um he's great but that's the most origin origin story. Like you pinpointed mm-hmm. the moment you went sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so much earlier than most. <laughs> um, but yeah, generally speaking, I was like, people talk about gifted kid burnout, but mm-hmm. I was put in gifted classes and then taken out of them in like by like fourth grade. So I don't think I ever even qualified as a gifted kid if it was only when I was learning how to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like the oldest child um my mom has said before that she regrets like having me quote unquote like grow up too fast which I still don't know what she means by that but maybe there's something that I'm repressing (laughs) um are you forgetting that she took you to a bar and had you dance on it yeah (laughs) here's your one chance fancy yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly um but yeah, I was always I was always a very good girl. I was always very bullied, um, and I never wanted to tell on my bullies because I didn't want to be a tattletale. Mm-hmm. And then when I tried to stand up to them, either I would get in trouble or they would just laugh at me. So I kind of just learned to like accept it and just like assume that no matter where I went, uh, people would be mean to me. <laughs> That's sad. And now you're a comedian. That is how I went sad. And now you're a comedian. comedian. That's now a comedy comedian. origin story for yeah. real. Yeah, being being tough because you're bullied and you're like, people are going to be mean to me. Well, I might as well be sign mean up back. for a yeah. roast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might as well. Sam's a very good roaster. It took me, we roasted each other three times and she run the first two and then 
by the end I was like, I'm gonna use the same jokes and just have a different crowd that I won. Yeah. But you but you also totally outperformed me at the last roast. Did I do a cartwheel? I, you might have. I might have. You might have. We also came up to like Disney World music. Oh yes, I so I was asked we were asked for entry music. For entry music, uh, your walk up song and mine was the Fantasmic Exit music, which yeah. is well, actually, this is a perfect point in time for me to ask, well, Sam, what made you sad? Oh, what made me sad? What Specific- makes you sad? Well, specifically with regard to religion, um, when I was like 12, my family went on a trip to visit my mom's brother and his, like, his wife and kids um, all the way up in Maine. We drove like 10 hours. And... I, at this point, was a devoted fan of the musical Rent, was having thoughts about my own sexual orientation, and I knew vaguely that, like, Christians didn't seem to like gay people, but I'd been in CCD for, like, however many years. I didn't remember Jesus ever saying anything about it. So oh, because like, he didn't? Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, Which no, because sure he actually didn't say mm-hmm. anything about that. Because he for sure said absolutely nothing, um, and was also hanging out with hey, sex workers. Jesus oh, wouldn't call people whores, whores on the, on the internet. internet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but my uh, my my cousins took us to church. They were at Methodist, maybe, um, or some I don't know, some church with like a PowerPoint, and the <laughs> wine was given in Dixie cups, and, and it was grape juice. And it was probably grape juice. Yeah. Um, but at one point, I was watching a meteor shower with my uncle and his son, who was like seven at the time, maybe. Uh, and the son decided to ask his dad what hell was like for some goddamn reason. That thing says meteor shower like hell. Yeah, and I'm like, why are you asking this? Yeah. I, and, his, and his dad was just like, oh, well, hell looks different for a lot of people. It's individualized for, like, whatever would torture you the most. Mm-hmm. For some people, hell is fire. For some people, hell would feel like those woods all the way out there. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. And for some reason, I decided to make it worse. And I said, well, what does the Bible actually say about gay people? And without skipping a beat, my uncle goes, oh, it's as bad as murder. No, gay people go to hell, like 100%. And I was like, oh, cool. And I remember for the next, like, two and a half months, um, maybe not that specific, but (laughs) I would just panic all day, every day. I would, I would, I would cry like every day just thinking about how I was going to go to hell and I'd be like, well, I could, uh, maybe, maybe I don't be queer, but then like, you know, I would feel, I, I was feeling bad for like the cast and creative team of Rent. I was like, is Jonathan Larson in hell right now? And I was just very upset. And I asked my mom about it at one point, just like casually. And she was like, oh, yeah, some people believe that gay people go to hell, but that's not what we believe. And I was like, okay. But it was still bothering me so much. Um, And it got to the point that my mom just walked in on me, like sobbing in my room one day. And she was like, what is going on? And I didn't want to, like, come out to her. So in between sobs, I just said, I'm worried about Angel from Rent. <laughs> and she was like, well, Angel's not real. Um, and, you know, she was very, um, she, like, took me and my brother into the living room. She took out a Bible. 
and she was like, I'm going to show you the passage of the Bible that says that being gay is bad. And she took me to like the Sodom and Gomorrah part or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was like, this is the Old Testament. And when Jesus came back, he said, forget the Old Testament. Only listen to what I say. And Jesus never said anything about gay people. And I was like, okay, but he didn't say that gay people are cool either. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was, I, I, I was still just very, very upset. And it was like, for the first time in my life, there was something about me that I knew was like a sin. And my ADHD was also starting to come out. So my grades had also started falling. And I was like, oh my God, everything that made me a good girl is now not applicable. Mm. And I just felt very, I don't know, like I was just like standing on shaky ground. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys have anything like that? <laughs> well, that's really cool of your mom, though. Yeah, yeah no, she, really was, cool she, she was very, very cool about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, I feel like my... I don't really think my family, like, talked about it ever, but it was not, like, I don't know. I think if it had come up, my parents would have just been like, well, we love everyone because that's what Jesus said to do. Like, I don't think at that, I think now they have more, like, knowledge of what you can, like, go back and point to and say, like, the Bible doesn't talk about this or Jesus doesn't talk about it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And my dad has, like, he's very into the, like, Bible theology of it all, like, looking at the history and stuff like that. Yeah. And so he, like, now has, like, some well-informed answers. But I feel like when we were younger, it was just kind of, like, we didn't really, we didn't talk about it. It wasn't, like, let's have this conversation about this thing. So that's cool that your mom was, like, yeah, I'm prepared to have this conversation with you and I have my belief on it. Yeah, it was really cool and very, like, I mean, my, I don't know what, like, the political makeup of uh, where my mom grew up is. I mean, my mom grew up in Astoria, Queens, and my dad grew up in Marine Park, Brooklyn. My dad grew up in a very Republican neighborhood. Um, His parents were very Republican. Um, I don't think that either of them had any opinions on gay people at all, other than, I don't know, maybe they thought that being gay was kind of funny. (laughs) um, I mean, they were, like... It later ended up, for all the fucking drama that I created as a preteen, uh, both of my sisters actually have dated way more women than I have. Uh, my sister ended up coming out as gay, I think, like, over quarantine. And then my youngest sister didn't even come out. She just, like, started dating a girl one day. Um, That's very youngest child. As a yeah. youngest child. As <laughs> very youngest child. Yeah, but... Those when- three girls? Three girls and then one brother. Oh. Okay. Um, my brother's straight. Um, <laughs> but very <laughs> having a brother. <laughs> they have yeah, brothers, they do be straight. Brothers are always being straight. I mean, <laughs> brothers who grow up with three sisters will be straight, but they'll be so normal around women. Um, I genuinely have never known my brother to have any even remotely sexist views, and he's never... Um, Same with your brother. Same you with think? my brother, yeah. 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 I, also, I think, like... I mean, my brother is definitely the most emotionally, like, in tune, I feel like. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, my brother has the most um, stable relationship out of me of any of my siblings. I mean, he and his girlfriend have been together for, like, 12 years or something. Wow. Going back to, do you have any similar things? So, I also was, like, a rent theater kid, and, like, because I did community theater, I knew gay people, um, and I, all I knew was that... Um, 
having gay thoughts was okay. You just can't act on it. Oh, very and big Mormon. I See, never I've never them. heard that until like adulthood. But they, so they do kind of preach the whole like love the sin or hate the sin kind of thing, and the it's only a sin if you act on it. And as like a middle schooler and a teen, like in high school, I was like, I don't what queer sex, gay sex. I didn't know how straight sex worked. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not seeing anybody act on Wait. anything. All I knew was that cum made you pregnant. That was actually the only thing I knew. So I was pretty confident. I did not know that. I was pretty confident that I could get pregnant at any moment in time. Um, have I told the story that um, we had quote unquote sex ed um, in seventh grade and there was only three boys in my, my middle school was maybe 40 kids a class. It was like a Catholic K through eight. Yeah. Um, and it was three boys and 37 girls and so and no one thought they were hot no one had crushes on them we all were just like it's so embarrassing to be a boy that sucks for you kind of thing um i love middle school but we it's so cool we remember like we i think it was like in the textbook or like pamphlet worksheet whatever they gave us um that boys had wet dreams and we were like so if Greg falls asleep in class. That's the name he, of my brother. Okay, I was trying to think the most <laughs> innocuous. <laughs> I thought I really thought you were like thinking of a person from middle school. Because um, well, I would have. That's, well, that's how I operate. Well, because <laughs> I could only I could only remember Josh and Sam, and I was like, I knew too many uh, Joshes and Sam is literally on the podcast. Yeah. But there was a Josh, Sam, and Cameron. I think those were the three. Okay. So we'll go with Cameron. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, so Cameron falls asleep during class <gasps> and he ejaculates in his seat we could all get pregnant by sitting in it and literally oh someone raised God. their hand and asked that question and i could see my teacher being like there uh, holy shit these girls are like completely like, they don't know anything oh, and we no, were all freaking no. out people were like having panic attacks they're like <laughs> we like really thought we could get pregnant at any moment also Toilet we, were, seat. we were like virgin mary and all we knew was that all of our classmates had 12 to 15 fucking siblings and we were like literally thought it was so easy to get pregnant that it was like yeah it was yeah. like a very scary thing and especially they're like premarital sex you will you will get pregnant mm-hmm. so like at, like honestly i knew more about fertility than i knew about sex ever and throw stuff at the boys to make sure they were awake during class <laughs> which is barbaric um someone thought they got to do what you gotta do to um, not get pregnant yeah. uh the glee hot tub pregnancy time um plot oh, line yes. uh was actually happened and i was like because we did not take the satirical nature of glee to heart i've never taken the satirical nature of glee <laughs> to heart and we were like oh no our friend's gonna get pregnant um Everyone just thought they were pregnant constantly. Yeah, constantly. I definitely had the, like, I'm a virgin, but I think I'm pregnant moments. Yes. Like, well, well past when I should have. It was yeah. like, I probably should have started going to therapy the first time that happened. <laughs> but instead, I waited. It was like a constant yeah. fear of mine was being pregnant. Do you um, know what's interesting mm-hmm. is I feel like I never had that fear. Because when I was a kid... I was never curious about how babies were made, but I would see jokes on TV about kids asking that question and adults getting really uh, anxious and upset. Mm-hmm. So I one time asked my mom how babies were made just to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. And without skipping a beat, she said, oh, when God thinks you're ready, he puts a baby in your uterus. She was also always very, like, it's not my tummy, it's a uterus. Mm-hmm. So yeah. very, like, anatomical. But I'm still not going to tell you about how sex about how babies. Are, well, I was, like, six. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I feel yeah. like for me, it was, like, I was in, like, fifth grade or something, and I was going, they had this thing at church called Created by God, and we were going to Created by God, and I've never been before, and my mom was like, oh, 
you might need to know what sex is. Like, <laughs> we're going to take you to this thing, and other people probably know this thing. And I was like, okay, well, I have a vague idea because I ride the school bus, but <laughs> people have talked around to me, so I think I figured it out. But I, like, literally, I remember she, like, sat me down and, like, talked about it, and it was, like, so anatomical. Like, this is how babies are made, and, like, this is how animals make babies. Like, it was, like, yeah. I remember it like that. Birds and the bees. And me just being, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't want to know this. I don't it's want to against my will. Like, yeah. it, was, it was just, like, and also, like, the fact that people would, like, do that for fun just didn't cross my mind. Oh, it, it. Freaked me out. Nothing yes. seemed fun about it. It was no. like drinking Nothing. coffee. I was like, okay, yeah. so for crazy people only? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. To your point, like, I never saw gay people have sex. Never people, so I think saw two yeah. men kiss before, but I was like, that's a silly thing. Men, like, everybody kind of silly kisses. Um, you know, then Chloe Fine, but everybody's kiss it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. But, so I, I was, it would never really cross my mind that people were like going to hell. Oh, another interesting thing about how homophobic my high school was. I think my sister talked about this when she was on, but um, my high school choir was like a well-known high school choir. We would get asked to do things, and they were asked to sing when my sister was there. They were asked to sing at an AIDS rally for like National AIDS Day, and there was like this whole thing about... Um, like, all the lives lost during the AIDS epidemic, and um, it was gay. But not, like, pornographic. I think it was, like, literally a gay pride flag was on a slide, and my... Gay people is, like, a class of people affected by medical negligence. Exactly. Yeah. And my high school choir teacher was like, we're never coming back here again. (gasps) Like, that was so inappropriate. Like, apologizing to the parents that there was a pride flag, like, even displayed, blah, blah, blah. And I was like... It's still human beings dying. Like, that yeah. kind of never totally clicked with me. Oh, my God. And I think, like, on like thinking of my own little nuances actually kept me in religion, like, so devoted for so long because I was like, oh, I can kind of classify things in my own way, but I never really critically thought about it because I was just yeah. like, I don't agree with that person, but I think actually feeling confident in my own nuances kept me in longer yeah and there is also a difference between being like you know the bible says this the church says something different and my own personal relationship with god is a completely separate thing Mm -hmm. like my parents don't agree with the a lot of this stuff that the catholic church has said but they're like they're unquestionably catholic Mm -hmm. and it's not because they're like okay with child abuse Mm -hmm. i think it's just because they grew up in it and they get a lot of comfort from it Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to think about because i feel like i was so steeped in purity culture like do not have sex until you're married was like burned in my brain but i never i never got like a negative takeaway about people being gay like I never thought people who were gay were going to hell like none of that stuff ever seemed to come up and I was like very steeped in like the community that would have felt that way but I think it was just like like I think my sister learned that in her bible studies and stuff but she had different teachers than I did yeah that's wild to think about (laughs) that's also I feel like sometimes talking to my siblings about catholicism Sometimes it feels like we grew up in two completely different households. Mm -hmm. I mean, even for me, my CCD teacher for, like, three years straight was my gay friend's mom. And, like, my mom knew that this kid was gay from the minute she met him. (laughs) 
even as like a nine year old boy, she was like, you're not just gay now. You're going to be gay as an adult. <laughs> so I think that his mom probably knew as well and was like, she was cool with it. You know, she was very, um, she was progressive. I think that she just didn't really like talk about like social issues like abortion or homosexuality or anything like that. Um, and it's weird how like, I don't know. It's, it's weird to think that like 10 minutes with my uncle out in the backyard and like none of my other siblings were there just had such a huge impact on me that wasn't really had on any of my other siblings or even on like my mom. Mm -hmm. I mean, my, my grandma has always been very liberal, even though she's Catholic. I remember when Roe versus Wade was repealed, like she was really upset because she knew people who had died of botched abortions before Roe versus Mm -hmm. Wade. And I remember my other grandma is under the impression that the Catholic Church approves of abortion just because she personally does. And we love got in, that. And we got into like a conversation about it and she was like... I love the term getting in... We got into a conversation yeah, about it. Yeah. Um, she was like... She was very... She was like, no, the church says that abortion's okay. And my dad was like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and, and then it was just kind of silent. That's so funny. It's a little less... I think, like, the Catholic Church I grew up in is a little less mean, I guess, about abortion. And it's just like, what a shame these women don't know. They have options and X, Y, Z. So they, like, craft this. Which is almost worse. Yes, because they craft Uh this, like, extremely caring language around it. Yeah, the crisis pregnancy centers. Which I volunteered at. I, I, which, yeah, I volunteered at. I prayed outside of abortion clinics, um, which were, and I remember, like, we had a turnaround is what we called them when someone like literally turned their car around in the parking lot of Planned Parenthood and like everybody sobbed and I was like all right like I'm doing the right thing like I guess I make an impact now I have to keep doing this I'm a person that makes an impact like it's none of it feels good I was literally part of pro-life club because I needed extra clubs on my resume and then like Mm -hmm. you had to go once a semester to go pray the rosary outside I do appreciate that we were always non-combative and like we were just like silent, which I yeah keep to yourselves. We kept to ourselves. We would always pray, um, like quietly the rosary, pray to ourselves, and um, I. But I, I think I've obviously still I've talked about it before. Like I'm still so conflicted about like the past with all of that. Like what that means for my future, I don't know. But anyway. Well, it's hard to get over, I don't know, like you saying, your uncle saying something that just like burned in your brain. Like I have a few things like that, that like youth pastors said that like, they are just in my brain, like, and I cannot get them out. Mm -hmm. Like I vividly remember somebody, we had this like question and answer thing of like all the leaders of the church came and would chat with us, but it wasn't all like people who were qualified. Like some (laughs) of them were just like people who taught Bible study and like volunteered with the youth or whatever. A dad. Yeah, uh-huh. and somebody, like, asked, um, they were like, so if a person, like, doesn't believe in Jesus, it doesn't accept Jesus in their heart, does that mean they're going to hell? Yeah. And one of the women was like, yes, it does. Uh-huh. And another, like, the youth pastor was like, you know, there's a lot of different schools of thought on this. My personal belief is that you can, like, accept Jesus into your heart without specifically knowing his name and what he did. And, you know, like, I'm not going to say that people 
in Africa who have never heard the word Jesus aren't gonna like he was very yeah. much they're always like, in Africa the people who have never heard of Jesus until our church goes there and tells them about it <laughs> I remember asking my uncle about that specifically during that same conversation during which he said that gay people are going to hell I said literally what about people in Africa who have never heard of Jesus before mm-hmm. because that's also mm. why are they preaching that everyone in Africa? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. And I, I, just, I remember being like, that's not fair. Like, if they yeah. didn't have the option, then that is not fair. You had that with babies who weren't baptized. They're like, oh, oh yeah. they, go, they go to a special place that God designates. Bitch, what? What? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I that, that, though, like, I was like, that was the first, like, like, moment where I saw like a split and I was like yeah. okay this adult is mm-hmm. like absolutely not they're going straight to hell like say goodbye to your Jewish friends <laughs> and yeah. then, like this other side was like no I have a broader view like I'm you know like eh. and I was just like well there's no right answer yeah which means like this is bad like, I don't know <laughs> I just was like what's going on but I saw a TikTok the other day that was someone being like I'm a good Christian. I love X person, Y person, Z person. And someone stitched it and they're like, do you realize that like Christian thinking is so backwards that you're taught to dislike somebody and then you're like, like lauded for actually liking them? Yeah. Where you could just respect everybody from the get go, make your own decisions and like do what you think is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hit me. It's also, and it's hitting me now. It's also such a weird, like, it, it reminds me of this trend of, like, toxic positivity mm-hmm. of, of Christians who clearly, like, clearly have contempt for a class of people, but they can't handle having hatred in their hearts because yeah. that mm-hmm. is unchristian. Yeah. So they turn it around and say, oh, well, I actually love this person. I love them so much that I hate this huge, very important part of them. Yeah. And that is supposed to be okay yeah I definitely like it's just funny like when I think about because I'm like I really don't feel like I judged people for having sex all the time like (sighs) right and left I was judging every member of my high school but like (laughs) I did not judge people for their religion I didn't judge people for their like sexual orientation yeah Yes. Because having sex is a decision. Yeah. And that yeah. is something yes. that, so like, true. they put uh-huh. in your brain that it's, like, anybody can be a virgin and it is your thing to lose. Like, other things are not your fault and that's why, like, they feel less impactful. But there's the thing about, like, having a, an abortion, that's a decision. You yeah. made that decision. And, like, having sex is a decision. You have, you made that decision. Which I understand, mm-hmm. of course, it's not always. And, like, I'm speaking theoretically. Once again, pointing to the microphone because I'm nervous about yeah. how it's going to come across. No. I, and, I of course, I mean, the Catholic Church historically very good at um, addressing rape and sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, classically. Well, yeah. and I think the thing, too, is, like, I never thought that being gay was a choice. Like, I, I never thought. And I don't, I don't know I don't why. So, like, I don't know either. if. I don't know. I think my parents just kind of, like accepted people and didn't say like that person is bad or whatever like I don't like no one ever sat me down and told me our belief on it but I think that was like what I absorbed and then I think once people started saying it was a choice I was like why would it like why would it be Becca has comically large wine glasses and I'm having (laughs) a quarter glass of wine but that I think if you anyway I'm having a quarter glass of wine glass it would be a bottle bottle I do firmly believe Yes. yes yes but it's like Olivia Pope without the popcorn <laughs> is what's happening. So the quarter glass of wine I had is actually really helping to rationalize, not rationalize, but put into perspective, like how 
Christianity kind of classifies things in your brain to make things okay or not okay. And I think that's also coming from the people who have done those things to make themselves feel better Mm -hmm. a lot of times. Well, I also think it's, like, to some extent, are you willing to, like, or are you able to, like, pick apart things and question things? And I recognize that there are some Christians that say you're not supposed to question things, but that was not how I was raised. Like, Cult I was, behavior. Right. And so Circular I think, thinking. Yeah, it's yeah. like once you start questioning things, like, that's how you start to rationalize. Where yeah. mm-hmm. you are, like, this is a choice and that isn't. So, like, I'll, I won't judge those people, but I will judge these people. And I think... I don't know. I feel like I felt that happening. Like, when I look back on it, I see, like, all these little things chipping away at me because they weren't rational. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Like, hold on. Excuse me. What? And then I went to college and people were, like, saying stuff. And I was like, you believe that? (laughs) Yeah. What? Are are we supposed to believe that if we're Christian? Like, that's not a thing. So I think, yeah, I feel like it's, like, are you willing to, like, question the stuff that you're taught and also how you're taught it? matters a lot too not to say that all people who believe that stuff are dumb but it's just like are you accepting or are you like interrogating everything that's told to you no I think it's like also feeling comfortable being in a space to ask questions and Mm -hmm. a lot of specific religious places that we were brought up in once we always say we're not here to bash religion we're just here to bond and I do think that we are pointing out the things that are negative about religion. And I think if you took them to the highest higher-ups, they'd be like, oh, no, 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 that's not our point. That's not our point. And I, so, like, we're really not, like, bashing, like, a relationship with God. It's, like, the tenets that you're taught and how that, like, really hurts a psyche and the, the ways they're presented to us. Yeah, it's religion, yeah. not God. It's religion, not God. Which is another thing that I don't, I'm still working on with my little brain because yeah. I'm very able to do that. Be like, well, religion can be bad, but God is good. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm like no part of me is like he's not real. I'm like no, nope, that's not a thing. To but, me, there's no yeah. god without religion. Yeah, that's super oh. interesting to me. So, yeah, we've ha- we haven't had this discussion, but maybe we'll save it for another time because I think it's actually time to pivot towards the Good Girl Glossary. Yeah. Yes. Um, Sam, do you have an entry to the Good Girl Glossary, which is the definitive entry. list of people, places, and things that define a good girl, make up a good girl, yes. if you will? Do you need any clarification on what the Good Girl Glossary is? I feel like you're prepared. I've got it. All right. Uh, my addition to the Good Girl Glossary is withholding your worst sins at confession mm-hmm. um, to make sure that God doesn't know you're having gay thoughts. <laughs> I remember in my uh, CCD Bible study type class, at the beginning when we first started having confessions in like second grade, you would go into the confession booth and like talk to the priest about it. And at a certain point, around 7th or 8th grade, um, that just devolved into the priest coming into the classroom and sitting in the corner of the room, and people would just take turns going to, like, whisper with him Mm. during class, like, while class is going on. And (laughs) the rest of the the class could fully hear all the confessions. Okay, this is important. I'm so sorry. Listeners. If you are... Sid keeps looking at this microphone like it's like our interview. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Because who else am I going to look at? I guess you too. But um, I, like, I'm addressing the audience in the way that we have talked about this before. But what is so important for people who are not raised Catholic to know is that 89% of the times you go to confession, it is face-to-face with a priest. You don't get to go to a confessional. Yeah. And two, your peers, friends, parents are in the room. Yeah. 
Yeah. That sounds terrible to me. Or like the whole right point is the confessional. Right. Everyone yeah. thinks like, oh, confession's a beautiful thing because it's the thing you get to do in Every secret. Every scene no. in the movie, you can't even see the priest. Mm-hmm. No. There's a wall between you. It was 100% not my experience. Picture going to the gynecologist in front of all of the medical students. Yeah. But yeah. also the medical students are your siblings. Mm-hmm. And or your teachers who are best friends with your parents. Yes. So, I Please remember... Continue. I remember one time in seventh or eighth grade, around the same time as my uh, uncle ruining my life, <laughs> um, we had the priest come to do confessions uh, in the corner of the room. And I remember listening to this girl in my class confess to gossiping about people. And this girl had the nickname Wildfire among our group of friends because if you told her anything, it would spread like wildfire. That's a very clever nickname. Yeah, it I was, was very like, clever. That's elite. And was we this also- the class? Um, no. <laughs> it's giving gifted mean bully. It's honestly the person who came up with that nickname, I'm pretty sure, is a medical doctor now. So, and it also, we called her that to her face, and she would be like, haha, I know. Um, yeah, at some point you have to own it. Yeah, you have it's to own how it. how you are. So I remember being like, how strong of this girl to like really come clean to this priest about something that she's struggling with. But that will not be me. And I went mm-hmm. to confession, and I was trying to think of like bad things that I had done. And it had been, like, a fucking year since my last confession. And I was like, I can't fucking remember. I was like, oh, I fought with my sister. I fought with my brother. I fought with my other sister. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, and at one point, the priest looked at me and said, is that all? And in my head, I was like, I, I was like, gay thoughts, gay thoughts, gay thoughts. And I was like, don't tell him you have gay thoughts. And I just, like, did, like, a fake smile. And I was like, yeah, I really can't think of anything else. And he was like, okay. And then I went back and sat in my seat. And for some reason, I was like, Okay, cool. God doesn't know I'm bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. So, I this is a question I have about Catholicism. Yeah. So, do you believe that like God knows all your thoughts? Yes, but there's this weird cognitive dissonance where like mm. it doesn't count until you tell the priest. Yeah, about I it. get that. I um, understand that. No, for me, I knew that God knew I was lying, so I had to say it, and mm-hmm. I would I would save it for the end, maybe. You know when you're buying um, feminine products, um, mm-hmm. pads and tampons, um, <laughs> heard of them? And you are like, I gotta buy a pack of gum as well. Oh, it's the like yeah. that's how I felt about it. As I was like, um, I was mean and I didn't like do all my homework and I didn't do the dishes and I kissed my boyfriend a lot and I also <laughs> I would always say like sexual thoughts, quote unquote, and. One, this was to someone who know, knew me and my boyfriend very, very well. Oh, and two, horrible. my sexual thoughts were like, hope I get kissed tonight. While people were given blowjobs in the library, I didn't know what a blowjob was. Yeah. I remember someone being like, can you believe this girl gave a blowjob in the library? And I went, no. I can't yeah. believe that because I do not know what it is. <laughs> no, I, I can't believe that. Everyone's like, you know that? Like, I was 100% the girl that thought blowjobs are... Blowing on a penis. Blowing on a penis. 100%. Yeah. We have to rename them for the good girls in the world. We really do. I remember in my sixth grade health class, one day we came in and the teacher had written anal, oral, vaginal on the chalkboard. And she was like, today we're learning what sex is. And I was like, this is the worst thing I have ever heard. That is horrible. I would have vomited. That is horrible, but so helpful. But so helpful. It, it was the right thing to do. You know, it's, it's the right thing to it do. It's entirely possible they learned that in my sex ed, but I wouldn't know because I, what? Fainted, not believe. <laughs> 
I had to stand outside with, the, one of my, with my teacher, oh, and then the principal came out to see if I was okay, and that is how no. my sex ed went. So. I was, I was like, sitting in on health class and watching the Miracle of Light video like it was hereditary. <laughs> I was like, if I can make it through this, I'll be a better person for it. <laughs> oh, we yeah. only got um, the poor girl sitting out. They only, we only got the girl talking about um how she got an STI from oral sex, yeah. as I have mentioned. And I thought oral sex was talking, talking about, about sex. sex. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought that um, I thought that oral sex was dirty talk. And there was, yes. uh, I, think yes. that I, I think that I watched the movie She's Too Young when I, when I was too young. <laughs> and the girl was talking about how she got an STD. And she's like, but how? It was only oral. And I thought that she had like called a guy up and was like, I want to fuck you. And then got an STD mm. from that. I would also think that. I'm pretty sure I knew you got pregnant because of cum, but I'm pretty sure I also thought babies came out of where you pee, and I went, so you pee out a baby. I was pretty convinced you peed out a baby. Or you pooped out yeah. a baby like a chicken. Yeah, that I was what my sister yeah. thought. I think pooping out a baby is a normal thing to yeah. think. I remember. <laughs> but how old, Becca? <laughs> you want to do over under on how old I, I was? Like, I think I just like chose not to ask questions on things I didn't want to know. Yeah. Like for mm-hmm. much of yeah. my life. I, I was think. not curious at all. But I remember when my mom got pregnant with my youngest sister, she told me and my siblings about it. And she was like, don't tell anybody. Like, I guess it was still within like the first trimester, mm-hmm. so she was like, she was like, it might not work out. Oh, um, she's like, I'm vomiting a lot. Wanted yeah, you to know. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and me and my sister both told people at school, and my brother was the only one who kept a secret. But my mom went to pick up my sister from pre-K, and all of her friends started going, Megan, do the song, do the song. When my mom came to pick her up, so Megan got up in front of the class and did a little rap. Uh, she goes. My mom is having a baby. My mom is having a baby. My mom is having a baby. And it's coming out of her butt. <laughs> and my mom, my mom had to be like, it's a uterus. That's so funny. And your mom, your mom went, I've been saying uterus for years and years. What happened here? I've been, because your mom's from Long Island. So of she's going, it's a uterus. What are we doing? It's a uterus. What's your sister's name? Megan. Megan, it's a uterus. Okay, that's not even a good yeah. Long Island accent. accents, I cannot even attempt. So I that was perfect, and so we're going to add that to the Good Girl Glossary. Absolutely. And the I nominate it, Becca. Withholding no, your worst sins at confession. So now we're moving on to the game. Silly little game. Silly little game. What's the name of the game? Um, it's called the Good, the Sad, and the Tony. Love. Um, because if you I don't remember it. from an hour and a half ago when we started this, <laughs> Sam hosts a podcast called the Tony Awards, which reviews the the Tony Collette movies, every single one of them, every single thing Tony Collette's ever been in, including yes. her band, right? Yeah, we had an episode about her band, which is uh, which is bad, and and other um unsung female actresses yeah, 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 is that yeah. the tagline yes um underrated yeah we underrated just, we just finished a mini series about kiki palmer Love uh we're that. about to start talking about jennifer tilly um and i'm going to let you guys know when we have a date for the movie that takes place in a catholic school we got it yes we got so it and we are going to name a character from a movie tony collette was in and you have to tell me 
and Becca. You have to tell us, whoever's telling you. No, you just have yeah. to tell one person, like, in a whisper. <laughs> you have to whisper. And then we have to read your lips and see what you said. <laughs> um, you have to tell us if that character is good, bad, or sad. Okay. And bad is not a judgment call. It's just, like, a good girls go bad, like, you're, you know, partying, etc. Yeah. Okay, has she, has she smoked a cigarette? It could be bad or sad. Does she yeah. feel bad about the cigarette? Mm-hmm. Oh. Does that make sense? Yes. As a qualification? Yeah. I feel like there's another yeah. way to go about that. I think it's an anxiety thing. <laughs> yeah. It's if she does things that you would have thought were bad as a teen. Yes. Uh-huh. And does she feel bad about them? What's so funny is I was telling Becca this. I was explaining the premise of this podcast to um, an older lady, and she went, I don't get it. You all have anxiety. <laughs> the podcast is anxiety, and I went, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Wait, actually, okay, I think I've got it. I feel like it's if you're gone bad, it's liberating. Yeah. And if you're gone sad, it's anxiety. anxiety. Yeah, disempowering. Yeah. That's a great word. Yeah. But I do feel like the good, like, good girls gone bad connotates that you're, like, enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Which we're not. Yeah. <laughs> so, Muriel Helslop. Helslop? Helslop. Helslop. Is Muriel and Muriel's wedding good, bad, or sad? Oh, she's all three, but she's <laughs> bad. She, bad in an empowering way. Mm. She, she frees herself from uh, the constraints that were fucking her up mm. in the beginning of the movie. So thumbs up, thumbs down, recommend. Thumbs up, thumbs way up. Genuinely one of my favorite movies of all time. Wow. Yeah. That's high praise. Mm-hmm. It is high praise. We should watch it. We should watch it. All right, Becca? Okay, number two from Hereditary, Annie Graham. Oh, she's sad. She, she's sad. <laughs> no spoilers, but she's very sad. Mm-hmm. She's, it's a mediation on grief. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down recommending Hereditary? Thumbs up, 100%. 100%. Okay. Little Miss Sunshine, Cheryl Hoover, good, bad, or sad? Oh. It's kind of a tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I feel based on the, the limits of the game, if she's good, it's almost like a bad thing because it would mean uh, that she's like a good Christian girl, I guess. I don't mm. know. Like, I think that she's bad. Because she um, she does things near the end that she wouldn't have expected herself to do necessarily, but it's all for the good of her family and for the so good of her good daughter. So she's a good girl gone sad. Good girl gone bad. Good girl gone bad. Good girl gone, gone bad. bad. Good girl gone bad. Yeah. Good girl gone bad. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down, recommend? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Cool. Okay. Also, if the listeners hear anything weird in the background, it's my heater. <laughs> <laughs> and I, or other various street noises. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if it'll pick up on that, but I feel like it came on with a vengeance. Um... Okay, we just did Little Miss Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Okay, Knives Out, Joni Thrombley. Oh, I... That's kind of... I, yeah, that's I, a tough one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think good. She, you know, she kind of stays the same throughout it. But um, didn't she steal money from them? Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> I watched that movie so recently. <laughs> <laughs> she did steal money, uh, but she looked fierce doing it. Uh-huh. So she's, she, she's good. I think bad because of the way she sits in the chair when she's been interviewed. <laughs> she's too lackadaisical to be she's good definitely not or sad. sad. Oh no, yeah, there's there's been a death and she's too uh, cavalier about it. Exactly. So Despite the fact that she did not kill the person. No! <laughs> she's acting very suspicious even though she truly had nothing to do with it. Also, that was a super funny casting for me. Like, yeah. I liked her in that movie. I thought she did a great job, but I thought it was very odd casting. Yeah. She's not who I would have picked to be like she was like an influencer, right? 
Yeah, she to me seemed like a like, like if Gwyneth Paltrow only did goop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, like she so was if like, Eddie Hudson Gwyneth? in that role in the second film, perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But Tony totally pulled been, it off. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, she did. I have to say that's one of my least favorite Tony movies. Um, but I think that I just I didn't really grow up with whodunits, so mm-hmm. I um I didn't I I just don't lock into that genre very yeah. easily. I liked that movie, but I was kind of like strange. Like I feel like you could have done a lot with her, and this is not what I would have done. Yeah, she but did. Also, I appreciate her taking on a role that maybe isn't as easy for her. She's always yeah. just excited to be there. Yeah, and I really respect that about Tony. Mm-hmm. She gives it her all no matter what. Yeah. She does. She's always 100% committed and she really elevates material that uh, isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Which isn't in the case of Knives Out, it was a very yeah. well-made movie. I'm just talking about other movies that she's been in. Mm-hmm. Like she's been in a lot of movies that were generally flops, but she commits 100%. Mhm. And I can see that's why she probably like, gets roles. Yeah. Because she's mm-hmm. just like great actress team and she'll player. take the material and like you're watching tapes back to back to back and you're like well tony was the best we're gonna give yeah. it to tony yeah she's also one of those people that i feel like when you when i like first did your podcast i was like is she in that many movies and then when i started looking at it i was like she was in that she was in that <laughs> yeah. like, it was like yeah. i just forgot she's which, been in- and she's also been in a hundred things you've never heard of yeah, yeah. and i th- but i think there's like a like I don't know. I feel like for an actress to be able to just like be the part and you can remember the part without remembering who it was is like a testament to your acting. I don't know. Now yeah. I feel like I'm being really like sincere about No, that no. Was, she's being, she's very, she's very like unglamorous with her acting. Mm-hmm. Like you're right. It's never about her. It's about the project. It's yeah. about the movie itself and she's serving the movie. Mm-hmm. She's a, actress through and through yeah, she's a performer yeah. she's a thespian she is a thespian. She, she's a thespian she she was are you familiar with her broadway career not very well no she was in um a different version of the wild party from the one that you probably know oh um, yes there's two musical adaptations of like this like old poem called the wild party one of them was made by andrew lippa and I think that, I mean, Andrew Lippa is a very, um, he writes a lot of songs that get used in, like, auditions and stuff. Mm. So I feel like that's generally the Jason more well-known. Jason Brown Yeah. She's, <laughs> I think that that's the more well-known one. Uh-huh. But Tony Collette was in the La Cusa Wild Party, which came out the exact same year. Uh, it's much darker than the Andrew Lippa Wild Party. And in my opinion, it's better. Uh, but she was in that. She gets abused by Mandy Patinkin. Mm. And well, but like actually, didn't like wasn't he a hor- wasn't he horrible on set? Is oh, that I the- don't actually know. I mean, I think that he like was method about it and was like really? a horrible person off stage. Oh, I know wow. there's something about something like that with Mandy Patinkin. We'll cut this I out mean, if I'm wrong. But maybe maybe that's why she doesn't like method acting. Well, one thing that I do know about Mandy Patinkin is that doing Criminal Minds yes. made him so like it like got him in a really dark place and he had to quit. That's yeah, he, quit. he he just didn't show up. For the first yeah. day of the third season. And mm-hmm. didn't tell anybody. And that's why they got, like, Rossi or whoever. I don't know. They got, yeah, like, replaced um, him with somebody. Fuck, I forget who plays that role. Mm-hmm. But I was obsessed with Criminal Minds in high school. Me too. I watched so much of it that I, like, legitimately... Like, I think a lot of, like, my, like, paranoia is about, is yeah. about Criminal Minds. Do you think that the anxiety or the Criminal Minds came first? Mm. Because sometimes I think that I funnel my anxiety into these, like, anxious shows mm-hmm. to, like, make it feel, like... 
like I like I relate to serial killer shows because there's always a serial killer in my mind. Well, that's really interesting because I think I blame like my anxiety peaking on Criminal Minds, but I like it was definitely always there. Like when I was in elementary school, I slept in my brother's bedroom because I like got really scared that somebody was going to come in and kidnap me. Oh wow. So like it was there. Yeah. And I'm not sure why. Like I was telling my therapist about this and I was like you know, that girl that got kidnapped and she, like, got kidnapped out of her bedroom window yeah. and it was, like, on all the... And she, like, had no idea what I was talking about. Really? And I was like, this is so... Was this recently? No. This Elizabeth Smart, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and then they found her. This was, so, like, 2004 But something. it was, like, the story for so long because it was, like, she was kidnapped and then they found her. So mm-hmm. it was, like, or, I don't know, she... I don't know. I don't remember what happened, but I just re- vividly remember that like someone came in her bedroom window and kidnapped her. Yeah, there was. I remember because she was Mormon, and there was like what like some like Mormon leader in her community made a public statement saying that uh, after she like came back, and you know she said that she'd been raped, and he said the the public leader made a public statement saying that God had forgiven her for getting raped. <gasps> yeah. But I just, I, like, remember being in the grocery store and, like, seeing it on magazines and yeah. being, like, like, it's not like my parents ever, like, talked about it in front of me, but it, I just, I remember it, like, being so on my radar mm-hmm. and that being, like, like, I legitimately think I slept in my brother's room because of oh that my story. God. And it's just, I told my therapist that and she was, like, that just didn't even, like, I, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and she was, like, mm-hmm. but, like, I respect that that's a thing that impacted you, but yeah. I don't know what it is. And I was, like, wow, that must have just been, like, a moment in time, like right place, right time, yeah. ready to be paranoid little child, hear a story that she feels like she can relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also think it's like a, it's like a deep empathy thing of like mm-hmm. being able to put yourself in any, like yeah. I used to think it was like a selfish thing that I was like putting, like I would hear a story and I'd be like, what if I were in that story? And then I'd be like, that's so selfish of me. Like I'm not being kidnapped. This isn't happening to me. But I think it's like a weird, like. It is empathy. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's like a weird, like level of like imagination and empathy combined to be like you can picture all these horrible things happening yeah and i wonder what it says i mean it makes sense that you related to elizabeth smart because she was a child and you were a child Mm -hmm. i find that and like a safe suburban home kind of yeah i i find that as i get older i'm way more upset by stories about things happening to children kind Mm -hmm. of like almost because I'm not a child anymore. I mean, this is so... To go from true crime to the sixth sense is so absurd. But I remember... Interesting. (laughs) Because Lynn Sierra from the sixth sense, good, bad, or sad. Ooh. When you're done, you get to... Yeah. Um, You can... can, We're just pivoting to that. She's bad. Because she keeps getting told that, you know, nothing's wrong. Um, She takes her son to the hospital because he has all these scratches on him after getting abused by a ghost. The doctor, played by M. Night Shyamalan, tells her that nothing's wrong. Her son's just crazy. And she's like, no, you're insane for that. Um, and she's always, she, she's having, like, conflicts with people all the time. And always for the right reasons. So I think that she's a good girl gone sad. Good girl gone bad. Sorry. Good girl gone bad. Um, but I remember as a child Confident watching that Confident in her movie. badness, though. Yes. Bad in a good way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bad, yeah. Bad, yeah. Um, she's a baddie. Good girl gone defiant. I think defiant yeah. is another, like... Confidence in yourself and who you are isn't always a bad thing, media. I'm once again looking at the mic because <laughs> the mic is the bad person. But yes. okay, please continue. Um, your success. 
Well, I remember watching The Sixth Sense when I was like 10 or 11 and just watching it like it was a Harry Potter movie being like, oh, this boy's having such fun adventures. And now when I watch it as an adult, my heart just like breaks for this little Mm -hmm. boy who is like struggling with so much. Well, I remember watching that movie and being really like creeped out, but I don't remember thinking about the mom. And then like now that we're sitting here talking about it, I'm like, that would be such a horrifying position. And it was such a like stressful thing to watch but like everyone's just focused on like the boy you've never seen it i've never seen it do you know shocking do you know what happens i do oh it's a good we won't spoil it but i need i need to see it i was so 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 afraid of ghosts as a kid that was absolutely a non-starter i wanted to see a ghost so bad as a kid i was really afraid about it and then somebody told me basically somebody was like are you afraid of things that could happen to you or are you afraid of things that are like fantastical and I was like only things that could happen to me like yeah. if it's not realistic I could watch it well so if you're Catholic it. ghosts are real yeah ghosts <laughs> so were real. I was really afraid of ghosts because ghosts were demons ghosts were oh, my like, family possessed. heavily believes in ghosts I grew up in a haunted house allegedly okay slay oh, I'm sorry for saying slay I'm so sorry for saying slay I apologize for saying slay you grew up in a haunted house. Talk about it. Yeah, well, I never saw any ghosts. Um, aside Bummer. from one, aside from one time, I, I thought that I saw a figure in the corner of the bathroom for like a second, and then it disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my mom uh, says that she had like premonitions as a kid, and then like prayed to God to make it stop, and then it stopped. And my two sisters, five years apart, having not told each other about any of it saw the same ghost in the same rocking chair in their room. Wow. And I get rid of that rocking chair. I know. <laughs> and my sister Megan saw several ghosts throughout the years and there were some that were scary and some that were nice. Um and there were like there, there were these two little boys that like she was cool with them, but then there was a woman in the rocking chair who she was like scared of and that was why um she was always sleeping in, like, different rooms around the house as a kid. And I think that it was because of the ghosts. Because she said that she saw the little boys in my room most often. And that when she was in her room, she would see the woman in the rocking chair. And she was not cool with that. That's so interesting. Yeah. And then one time in the middle of the night, the radio in the downstairs living room just turned on out of nowhere. And a Celine Dion CD was in the CD drive. Mm-hmm. So, um, a song just started playing and it just begins with like very heavy beat. It just goes boom, 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 I'm alive. <sighs> and that was the first lyric. And my mom freaked the fuck out oh, and like oh ran gosh. downstairs to shut it off. And she was really scared. Oh my gosh. Oh. Oof. I'm still afraid of ghosts. I'm still afraid of ghosts. I, I'm definitely afraid of ghosts. I don't think I think about them that much. Like I'm so yeah, much more afraid of real People of danger. Mm-hmm. I'm so preoccupied with that. I'm that afraid I of things. Well, that I feel like I, I'm afraid of everyone I see on the street. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like that I can prevent though, because I'm like, there's self defense. There's punching someone in the face. There's yeah. like, people escape from those situations, but like, a ghost paranormal can do ghosts, like, and people not believing me, yeah. or like not knowing if it's a call from God or, or if it's like, mental or it's mental illness. Yeah. Like, all yeah. of that. And I think, like, 
just like horrible things if you study Catholicism horrible things happen to women constantly 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 <laughs> and I was like it's actually so bad to be a religious woman like if anything's going to happen to you and you're going to get lauded for it it's going to be the worst thing that you can imagine yeah and I think that always really freaked me out so to this day sixth sense I would probably have to watch the lights on in the middle of the day yeah when I at my summer camp um there was like this lore there was a bridge from one half it was a really big camp and from one half the camp to the other half there was this bridge that you had to go over like a little creek lake thing and there was like a bench on it that was dedicated to this girl it was like a bench dedicated to her because she had died and everybody like told this story about how she died at camp it's not true she like had an aneurysm it was actually like really tragic which then made me really sad that this was like camp <laughs> she had like lore ghost story. Yeah. yeah but it was like this whole thing that people would say like if you like went out with a candle because we used to walk home with candles like for like camp i don't know camp's weird <laughs> like different like ceremonies and stuff you'd walk home with the candle and it would like everybody would get to the certain point in the pier and their candle would go out. And it was like when you walked by the bench. And there was this whole drama, drama, drama about the ghost. And people got like really, really freaked out about it. And one of my camp counselors like told us this story about how like her candle blew out and then she turned around to look at the girl behind her and her eyes were like bright green. And like, I don't know. It was like so, it was such a thing for like one whole summer at camp. And I just remember being like, this is not fair. She's probably <laughs> needs your help. Like, yes. I, just, oh, I remember no. being so feeling, scared feeling by that it. That is a huge thing. That's I was a good girl. So, that's so yeah. good. And I was so scared, for the scared by it. I was like, I do not want to be the one to address whatever's going on with her. But I was like, she seems like a nice girl. She died at like, <laughs> yes. she died at 13. I hope if I die at 13 and I'm trying to contact people at my summer camp, they don't just get scared of me and run away. Yeah. I just like, I really remember that being like, my just I was like I'm I do not think these ghost stories are fun because she is a person <laughs> and she needs us yes. so I'm like that's hmm. such a brave way to look at it no, Becca that that's beautiful but I didn't want to deal with it I just wanted to everybody to stop making fun of her or whatever oh I don't my know. gosh Becca did you have one more I have one Can more. Can you believe the game's not over? <laughs> the game is not. The shortest game we've ever written, taking the longest, longest time, of time. Which I suspected, quite frankly. The, um, okay, the last one is about a boy, Fiona. Oh, she's sad. I think so she, she tries to kill herself, and, uh, and her son walks in on her, uh, not quite dead, but covered in vomit. Um... And that's all I remember about that movie, honestly. I don't even remember that part, which says something about how my brain works. I remember that. I thought it was a rom-com. Well, after that. It kind of is. Then it kind of is after that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forget who, I forget what the romantic angle is, but. um, I don't think I've seen it in, like, probably ten years, but. Yeah, I watched it once for the podcast, um, and then I came onto the podcast, and I was like, this movie was kind of bad, and. My old playwriting professor from college was the guest, and he said, well, actually, this movie came out right after 9-11, and I went to go see it every single week because it made me feel better about 9-11. And oh. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Oh, wow. There's no arguing <laughs> with feeling better yeah. after 9-11. There's what? no way. Wow. But yeah, she's a sad girl, for mm-hmm. sure. She is sad. Well, congrats, you win. You win. There was no points, but you won every single one. <laughs> you got one. every point. You got every single point. Oh, yeah. um, I think all let's have to do is pass the what we call offertory plate. Is there anything you'd like to promote, Sam? Yes. Um, I would like to promote my podcast, The Tony Awards. Of course, spelled with an I. Um, 
my co-host Jake is a PK, a pastor's kid, mm-hmm. um, and he truly makes the show what it is. Um, I finished my glass of wine and haven't had dinner today, so <laughs> I'm drunk. But yeah, uh, you can check out some of my articles on the Broadway Beat. Um, and my Twitter and Instagram are Samantha Prosser. It's not your full name. Samantha. It's not, no, because Samantha Prosser was taken. Oh. Yeah. You have to go fight her. I ben. have to find her. I have to find the other I think Samantha Prosser. I said fight her, and you said find her, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> Becca, is there anything you would like to plug? Yes, absolutely. You can follow me on Instagram at Stevenson, and you can follow me on TikTok at TheReal underscore Becca. And I don't know, you can friend me on Goodreads if you want. <laughs> you can follow me, Sid King, at Sid period the period king. Um, it's Sid with a Y, S-Y-D, um, on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow us, Good Girls Gone Sad, on TikTok, where so many of you have come from. Thank you so much for following us on TikTok um, at Good Girls Gone Sad. You can follow us on Instagram at Good Girls Gone Sad. If we ever tweet ever again, which we basically just tweet to post new episodes, it's Good Girls Gone Sad because... It was too many characters for all of our letters to spell it out completely. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you live in a city where you'd like us to do a live show, please let us know. You can always, always call in and or DM us a voice memo or whatever. If you have an entry to the Good Girl Glossary, we are always collecting for Good Girl Glossary episodes. I think that's it. I think it's it. I think there's only thing one left to, one thing left to say, and that is Jesus, Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet. internet. Bye. Bye. <laughs>